an overcrowded house in Indianapolis. We find a mother close to her breaking point. And a gang of her unlikely minions. Gertrude, why you a hater like that? two bitches for nothing your late ass father and your trifling ass mother and you listening to fucking what did you do episode 25 and this is d and that was charnel doing my best Gertrude impression <laughs> how's everybody doing uh that was fun you needed to start off with that that was perfect <laughs> I was like, like I, i'm not starting the show this time you had to start off with that. i was like i have to give this woman a voice because she is terrible and Uh-oh. i don't know why i feel like because it's fun to make fun of them when they're terrible because this right. is going to be a heavy one. Right. And <laughs> this is a traumatic one. I feel like this should be the point where we put a trigger warning right off the top. Absolutely. Um, if you are sensitive to child abuse, abuse, um, sexual assault. Sexual assault, yeah. Pain. Neglect. Like it's neglect. Uh, really. Um, if you, yeah, trigger yeah. warning. Yeah. For any child, if you have watched any Lifetime movie and it has moved you, you're you are now yeah. <laughs> you are now warned. Yeah. Um. But welcome back to what did you do? This is fun. I'm so glad to be back. I hope you guys really love the little Halloween treat. That got we a little left. treat. I know. You got a little. Yeah. Trick. Chuck is back. Your tr- yeah. You ah. are a trick. I'm so glad someone <laughs> else said it. Um. No. No. I'm really. That was fun to do. So I was like, and people. <laughs> if you guys realize how hard I was on myself to do that, like I don't think people. How realize, many takes did you do? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, but let's say I was sitting in front. Of, I was sitting in front of the mic for a good like hour and a half to record ten minutes of audio. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound convincing or not. Should I make it creepy? That sounds stupid. I'm not gonna make it that long. I'm cutting it. Like I was just that person. But it was just something fun. I really wanted to do it. And I feel like that should be something we do for like major holidays. Yeah. So like, I don't want. I feel like it ruins the surprise in it though. But like in Thanksgiving, I want like a Thanksgiving related crime, and then like Christmas, a uh, Christmas, and then New Year's. Like do something fun. Like to Total be, massacring of Native Americans. I mean, we could make it a history lesson. I mean, I mean, not, that's not as much true crime as it is like actual history that you guys should get all political. Now. I know, right? But it's truth. It's a gen- we call it genocide. Um, but no, so that was really fun. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I we saw some tweets and some Facebook posts saying, "Oh my god, I didn't expect this," and I'm like, "That was the point. That's why it's a surprise, fam." But that's why we love you. Um, we have some housekeeping to get out of the way because. It's what we do. It's just making it easy for the clean-up woman, right? All my love, we girls, leave behind. You know, okay. Betty Wright. You don't know who Betty Wright... Somebody listening to this knows who's... Their, mother used to, or their mothers and their grandmothers used to listen to that song while cleaning. My mom came in the 80s. Talking slick. Right, perfect time. <laughs> I found out... Late 80s. Wait, I could do this. Uh-uh, I'm doing what making it easy. Listen, I don't want you to mix up your voices. I need you to stay on Gertrude. I can do that. (laughs) You? No. Anyway, so patrons, new patrons, we missed Candace Hill last month and she yeah, made, so sorry, and she let us it. know that yeah, um yeah i saw it i was at work i was like Woo, she was like put some respect on my name is yeah. what you will do like, and i was like girl you i don't know how i missed that i usually don't miss a lot of things but shout out to candace thank you for supporting hey, us right good old girl uh shout out to margaret Clousher. i'm hey, probably margaret. butchering names i am not good at it and kelly van i am going hey. to butcher this bakut bakut bokut tweet hey, me kelly. 
Facebook us. Let us know that if I'm saying that wrong. I am. But thank you so much. And if you guys want to learn how to support uh, What Did You Do on Patreon, uh, there's a link in the show notes. Follow that. There's cool rewards. There's stickers. There's t-shirts. There's Skype calls. There's a lot of fun things. There's a shout out on the show like you just got. Uh, stay beautiful, all of you. Uh, the other thing you guys can do to support the show. Bam, bam. I see you guys on Apple. I see you. Yeah. I see The second you. thing you can do to support the show is to subscribe, you. rate, and review. Especially my Apple friends. Yeah. So if you are an, that's, if you are an Apple you. podcast, we're just asking that you guys, if you guys enjoy us, rate us five stars. It helps get the word out about us because we are a small grassroots like, podcast. Do it now. Yeah. So like, pause it right now. Right here. Right now. Like, stop listening to me talk. And rate Are us you five still stars. listening? <laughs> okay, go ahead. You can listen and you can listen and rate it. It works. But do that. It just helps get the word out about us. Like I said, we are a small podcast and we love the crew, but the We're goal homegrown. We are. Just like <laughs> chicken. There's a podcast called Southern Fried True Crime. Is it? Yeah. Oh. They have like a quilted cover. Oh. I saw it somewhere. Um <laughs> But no, like our goal was to like start conversations around mental health and things like that and build community. And the only way to do that is to build community. So help us out with that. That's awesome. Um, and also check out our website. We're going to be adding more things to it. I, it's very bare bones right now because I am the web designer. I'm adding that to my resume. But we're adding new things. We're gonna, there's going to be a crew page and a blog that you guys can like in a form that you guys can have all your kind of fun discourse on too if you guys aren't on Facebook. So check that out. But other than that, are you ready to jump into this um, traumatizing? Listen, I am excited because I love the movie that this is based on. Okay, so you need to flip that around. Oh, you know I did that in the text for you too? Like I can't... Yeah, I love the movie based on, on this, this story. story. You know, I did that in the text that I was trying to I tell you about your, it. I, I read your text in the way that as it should be. Yeah, <laughs> my sister does the same thing. But so I think what's really going to be the theme, the running thread of this, um, and I don't, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I think the running thread is going to be cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are not aware what cognitive dissonance is, it's when your thoughts, beliefs, values, attitudes are in complete opposition and conflict with your behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect example, slave owners. <laughs> I was right. like, uh, they believe that blacks were barbaric and unintelligent and morally corrupt and all these things. And, but they're the ones brutalizing an entire population of people. Correct. And the only way to have to operate in cognitive dissonance is to ascribe terrible characteristics to the person you're hurting. Right. So, oh, we can work them this long because black people don't need as much sleep and they're stronger and don't feel as much pain, like things like that. Right. Cognitive dissonance. That's my favorite um, example of it because Dr. Joy DeGry, who gave us the secrets make us sick quote, mm-hmm. it's from her uh, book of uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome. You guys mm-hmm. should listen should to it if probably, you're into it. Yeah. yeah, it's a great book. She's yeah, a great, she's a great speaker. I'm just, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to put that link in the show notes. But anyway, we're here to talk about Gertrude, last name. Beneshevsky. There you Beneshevsky, go. There it you is go. not pronounced the way it's spelled. Not at all. At all. And it's frustrating AF for me. Beneshevsky. But Gertrude Beneshevsky, Chef Boyardee, was <laughs> born Gertrude Nadine Van Fossen, Tamale Myrtle, and Hugh Marcus. Fawson. These names are phenomenal. On September 19th, 1929, in Indianapolis, a word D has found. Indianapolis. Indianapolis, Indiana. I can't say that word. It's like, you know how some people can't say spaghetti? I can't say Indiana. I did not know some people can't say spaghetti. (laughs) still can't say it. But she, her life has been, her life was a uh, bit of a... 
a crap shoot in the beginning. Yes, it was. Um, not so much because of any like outwardly or explicitly reported trauma or things that we try to cover in someone's childhood to try to not to justify but to draw a line and a path to things. I feel like the trauma that she experienced came later on. Right. Um, she did witness her father die of in front of her at right? 10 years old, which and is traumatizing she had a for everyone. close bond with her father. Yeah, she so, loved her daddy. Yeah, she loved her daddy. She didn't get along with her mom. And <laughs> Could so- I, I don't wonder if I can do like a little girl Gertrude. My daddy is always so nice to me, and he's always around, and he gives me the little five cents. No, the five cents, because that's actually expensive. Penny treats from the store when he comes home from work. <laughs> it's almost Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, but we're there. But apparently that ended really shortly when she was 11. He died of a sudden heart attack. So, you know, that being said, her her relationship with her mom, though, was bad. Yeah, I mean, what are moms, you know? I, I love mean, mother-daughter mom. relationships are questionable anyway, because I know my teenage years. Well, she was prepubescent, so like I... <laughs> well, she was just... It was around the same time with me and my mom, like 10. Really? Yeah. Okay. 10 to 16, we were not friends. Well, I, I can say something, because I'm not a man. <laughs> um, the relationship with my mom was already strained, because if y'all don't know, I was a foster kid. Um, but also, let's pull over really quick. Shout out to... I cannot remember his name. Um, he was on the, tw- on the Twitter feeds. I was just sending out recommendations. People were asking for him. Um, he was a foster. He was a foster dad of three kids, and I was like, and foster care kind of has a role in this in this story that we're going yeah. over today. Right. But shout out to you guys who who are foster parents. You're fucking heroes. Um, he tried to like show it off, like all oh, the people who do mo- medically complex kids. I'm like, no. Bitch, listen to me. You guys are all... Right. <laughs> I don't mean to call a bitch, but please listen. You guys are all incredible people. You guys do amazing things. Because um, <laughs> really. But no, I feel like my mom and watching my aunts and my cousins growing up, like mm. that kind of tension between yeah, the two. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think it's more, especially tension. black homes, I feel like for whatever reason... <laughs> Like that black mom tried to jump on you quick before you get too grown for your own good. Like just in case you thought this was your house, it's oh, mine. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's, it's absolutely. You good. raised your voice yesterday, like you paid a bill. So just so you know in advance, <laughs> I'll drop kick you if you try to raise your voice at me again. Now go to your room. <laughs> there is a little struggle of that teenage freedom versus still being a child and your mom still reminding you you're a child. There's a little bit of a struggle. I just kind of coasted. I was just kind of like, you're right. I don't. I'm not trying to grow up too fast. Like, please tell me what to do when I should be home. It was not so complete opposite, and not at all. I was a little nightmare. Plus, I always had a mouth. So I mean, I always had a mouth as well. Oof. But I knew that when the streetlights came on, my little black ass should be in the house. I knew that when someone told me to do something, I'm allowed to ask why if it seems odd. My mom taught me that because my mom was a drag queen. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like if someone asks you to do something and you're concerned of, of your safety when you're going to do it, right. please ask why. But other than that, if I tell you to do something, like go get something or clean something up, don't question it. doesn't matter. We're off track. Right. So here we are. So five years later after her father died, she's 16. She drops out of school and this is when she first gets married. To 16 a, at eight for what an 18 year old i mean it, it's not that it's not that unheard of i know it's not my a, grandma got married at 17 oof, and she well this is this is first of all this is this is the 40s let's, right, let's talk true. about that that's true this is the 40s okay this and is, my grandma this is indianapolis my grandma's from mississippi so well, i feel true. like this middle america also, and southern america have a lot more in common than people give them credit for oh yeah so people and, are getting married young to get the hell out of house and now like, that i was <laughs> looking at the dates this is also around world world war ii time and mm-hmm. so people had that sense of you never know what was gonna happen <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I have to get that. But huh? You're like they just had this whole like, well, we might as well. We don't know. <laughs> Play jagged edge, girl. Let's just get married. I just want to get married. And 18, that seems like you're going off the war before you leave. Let's get married. Life expectancy was also a little bit shorter then too. Right. So you started life earlier. But so I mean, she married Deputy John Beneshevsky. This is where she gets her last name, and she had four kids with him. Their relationship was a nightmare. He beat her uh, for annoying him. So easily, like, abusive relationship. They But they stayed together for 10 years, and then she eventually divorced and then had custody of all these kids. Yeah, so let's talk about this. So this is what we need to unpack. Um, I think this is the... I think this is the, uh, the first seed mm-hmm. sown in the... I don't want to call it psychosis... Um, but in the madness that is, that is Gertrude because at this point again, she's 16, well, 16 ish and she's having babies. So we're going to talk a little bit about how these babies play a role and how she moves through the rest of her life. But when you are young and your relationship with men, um, cause we're going to take we're taking a guess here because I looked. Mm-hmm. Lord knows I looked and I don't like, I don't trust dramatizations to tell me anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't watch movies that tell me anything about people's lives. Um, specifically about her relationships in high school and like what kind of men she was dating, but she was seeing slightly older men mm-hmm. um, who are aware of who to prey on and who to look for, who's going to be easy to, mm-hmm. who's going to be easy to bed, all these things. And so I think here she has a really unhealthy relationship with men in general, mm-hmm. meets one, is like blown away by one, and yes. this one who she trusts harms her, hurts her, beats her because the wind is blowing. Right. And this goes on for 10 years. There's right, longevity right. to account. Exactly. So very little, like, you know, very little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Kind of, I don't know, experience in understanding what relationships are supposed to look like. Right. Um, so there we see that. And then she takes a step off to the side here. Um, and she meets another man mm-hmm. named Edward Guthrie or Guthrie. Yes. I've seen this name before. Um, and he didn't much like her children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like because she baby's kids probably right. And if you guys don't know who baby's kids, pause this and actually YouTube that because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. These <laughs> badass kids. Um, but I think that the other thing to keep in mind while we're going through this early part of her life is that back in the day, single parents had like sorry, single parents, single mothers. Mm-hmm. Getting into relationships were just as much financially um, backed as they were emotionally and romantically. Right. So if you've got four kids to care for, you're looking for someone who's going to look out for your children. You had to. Um, and Edward decided he could do it because maybe right away, you know, maybe Gertrude was putting it down. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like She was supposed to be a beauty. She was a beauty. She's like, do you not know how bad of a bitch I am? Do you not see these locks? Wait, look, shake, shake, bitch. A bad bitch. Yeah, she was, a, she was, a, you know, and then I don't know, just tired of her children, moves on from that, and like I said, so she has to provide for her kids, and so the sad part about this and the re-traumatization that happens is that she reconciles with John, right? And John is no better than what he was when she left him. Nope. And again, the the temper is back, the anger is back. The tension, the yelling, the emotional, physical abuse is back. The verbal abuse is back. And thank God they finally end up completely calling it quits. After seven years, though. And two more babies. Right. So, I mean, she stayed (laughs) for another seven and then permanently divorced him in 1963. But what makes me happy, Mm -hmm. because I love a good mess, 
I love a good Maury. I'm telling you right now, but he's the, he's the he's the father, Maury. I'm telling you, I love a good affair affair story. And so she decided that she was gonna creep around with a young man. So I cradle creep. Robin. She was a cougar. So I creep. You gotta harmonize with me. Yeah. Just keep it on the. Oh, I gotta go up then. So go I, I, mean, I could again. go down. Like, no, okay, you were okay, too okay, high. Okay, Try. Okay. So, so I creep. Yeah, just keep it on the down low. You're too. You're still too high. You didn't go low, but I'm fine. I got perfect pitch, baby. Listen, listen. You said I can go down. Doesn't matter. (laughs) So she was creeping around, and then once everything broke off, she moved in with this 23 year old she was sleeping with, a Mr. Dennis Lee Rice. And (laughs) that's how I feel. I feel like he was an auctioneer. Like he was one of those. (laughs) But she went now, Dennis Lee Rice. No, stop. But he is said to have been just as abusive right. uh, towards Gertrude. So, you know, I, there are a type of men who know which women are vulnerable. They need they need help. Again, she, now she's got six babies. So imagine so. how traumatizing this is real quick. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, do your thing. Imagine how traumatizing. Like, you lost your father at 11. This was the man you loved, the man you trusted, the man who treated you special to only go on to trust somebody else to abuse you. And, and then, then love somebody else who leaves and then let somebody go back to the first guy who abuses you again and then find somebody else who abuses you like your outlook with men is never going to be the same especially and that's really sad because she had a relationship with her dad because men are terrible and <laughs> and i at the risk i'm running the risk of chasing some of the men listening right now off you you know what we are. Like, <laughs> you, you know exactly how we were socialized and how we were how we were raised to be and who we thought was valuable and who we were taught was valuable. And who um, so let's be real, real. Like we are all real for a second. If y'all all paused this and took a second to be like, you're absolutely right. When I grew up, like I was told that women did this and boys did this, and because this work was left for men and X, Y, and Z. I and, mean, if you check, if you're texting your side hoe right now. Please think about. Let's not call her a hoe. Like we're texting <laughs> side your chick. side chick. First of all, you have a first of all, look. <laughs> shout out to anybody who can balance more than one person. Hey, because, man, because that's the reason why I never did it. I don't have that. She would cheat if she could. You heard that. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have the time. I mean, Gertrude was balancing a guy at a time when there was no cell phones. With all them babies. With babies, so she would leave these babies somehow, <laughs> some way, and find a way to creep right. around with Dennis. I mean, good for her. At sometimes, but then all of a sudden, she here did. we are abusive and it was said that he actually was the cause of one of her miscarriages and which makes me sad because i read this and i had to re- i looked like, i had to google it i was like i can only find it in a few places um that she had seven kids but she had suffered six miscarriages six miscarriage with dennis within like within being 40 years old right like that is tr- like b- your body like the the trauma of your body physical trauma without right. like aside from the beatings like the changes that happen during pregnancy and things like that like whew, that's like I remember being teary, being teary eyed when Beyonce came out about her miscarriages. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man! Mm-hmm, it's hard. Beyonce's superhuman, and she's still human of, somehow. Yeah, a lot of women, you know. And so, like to hear six whole, oh my god! So it just is terrifying. But regardless, and following the same theme of her life, Dennis would leave, mm-hmm. abandon, bounce. But he left her with a little present. Which was one last child. A little baby, Dennis Jr. Yes. So now she's up to seven children. And seven? Alone. Oh, kids. And like, let's be real, real here. So at this point, like, I would think it's not far-fetched to say that Gertrude was dealing with depression. Right. Um, I'm going to be very bold and say probably post-traumatic stress. 
uh, syndrome or disorder. I'm sorry, syndrome. I got I'm stuck in a slave syndrome thing. <laughs> um, post traumatic stress disorder, and probably a few other things that I am not qualified to diagnose. Right. But I will say that like <laughs> I have some things in my head that I'm like, oh, they imagine some stuff. Too. Yeah. yeah, but she's carrying all this now. Imagine carrying all this and being, you know, a mother of seven. So, and having to have to find jobs and having right. to find a place for them to stay. And they say that she works some odd jobs and things right. like she that. Would do and stuff she, like iron for people in the neighborhood and odds and ends. I mean, girl, you do what you got. I mean, shout out to you for being a hustler, but also I mean, I probably screw you in advance iron. because <laughs> why? You why? Why am I screwing Gertrude in advance? Because she's oh, piece I mean, of sh- oh, okay, later on, yeah. I was like, so I said, we're not there yet. Also, and as well. <laughs> Uh, but no, but like she, they they talk about how she her her hygiene went and how she stopped caring about herself. Both signs of depression, like mm-hmm. not eating enough, depression. Yeah. Um, and part of it might be some needing to be trying to be thinner or like be as thin as she was because again she was holding on to beauty and that's right. that missing or that um that grieving over her beauty or her former beauty or her youthfulness comes into play when we Later actually uh, get into this story. Mm-hmm. But let's let's go through this. So now Gertrude's forty years old, poor, poor. Um, burdened by the stress. I, I'm sorry, burdened by the stress of seven children because I don't think she wants them. Um, and all the friends uh, of these kids in and out of her house, mm-hmm. and of these friends in mm-hmm. these circles of friends that are coming in and out. So just imagine if you had seven kids and you don't have the time, energy to parent them. No, they're doing these kids. We're probably bad as hell, and I'm not gonna. They're, they were. They're we bad. know they're I mean, not. There's a lack of guidance. Know, right, there's a lack of say that. Just all of it. There's no one to parent these kids, guide these kids. They have no direction. Their so moral compass. They're is. literally coming in and out of the house, and it's like Gertrude is like, "What are you doing? You better be doing good." And that's about it. That's She's all like, you could do. Hey, hey, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Didn't you wear that yesterday? Shut up, mom! Oh my god! Like that's <laughs> right. that was right. that was Gertrude up until a point. And I, I think it's also it's also weird for me to think about this instance because I don't know if your mother was like this, but when I was a kid and I was younger and it was summertime and it was nice out, I had two or three times I could come in and out of the house before my mom told me to pick one. Like she'd be like, "Look, the look," she like put her hand down, and like hit me in the chest. I'm like, "Oof, what's up?" She'd be like, "You gotta pick in or out. You ain't gonna come in and out of my house like this, smelling like the outside, tracking dirt in here. Pick one." And I'd pick outside. I'd pee outside. I'd drink out of the water hose. Like, I'd always <laughs> pick outside because I knew if I chose inside, I would not allow to go back outside. Right. So, like, in my head, like, this house is already out of control. But amongst these friends were the Lincolns, uh, <laughs> I messed it up. Lincoln sister Lincoln's. that were Sylvia and Jenny. Right. Now, Sylvia and Jenny Lincolns are siblings. There's there's seven of them counting properly, right? Right. Um, these big families. I know. They're, yeah, there's no, there's six, five, five. I'm right. Two, two, five. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there were the older twins. Here we are, man. The fraternal. There are two sets of fraternal twins. So there's Diana mm-hmm. and Danny, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jenny and. Benny. There you go. I was waiting for you to rhyme with me. These are bars. <laughs> Our Grammy's going to be next week. Um, and then there was Sylvia, just the, sitting in the middle there. Right. Um, and <laughs> sorry, poor child, yo, she came out alone. The other two came out together. The last two came out together, and then there was Sylvia. It was Sylvia. That child was so that uh, S- Sylvia was alone in a lot of ways, yeah, but Sylvia, Sylvia was deserve. also 
Sylvia was also the daughter of Carnies. Right. Um, and if Which you is guys, another unfortunate situation for her. I don't want to say that. We don't for wanna, her, it was. We don't want to offend the Carnies. These specific Carnies were terrible. <laughs> right. For her. These specific Carnies, Lester uh, and Betty Likens, who, again, I mean, you gotta, if you gotta use your skills, you gotta use what you got to get what you want, right? And so they were volatile too. Like their relationship just was not good. No. So they would separate constantly. Yeah, and come um, back together separate. And the way that Gertrude had come into uh, the lives of Jenny and Sylvia was that. Mama decided to up and get arrested for shoplifting. Mama had to get money. They were separated, and Mama decided that she needs something. Mama was a G, but got caught out by like got caught up in the game, <laughs> basically. And Five O was like, "What you got in your purse? What you got in that bag?" And she was like, "Fuck the police!" <laughs> <laughs> Running every time someone gets arrested. Yeah, I figured if you're a car- Carney, first of all, Carnies are very um, socially deviant, typically, right. and they're usually not like people who have degrees and all these things. They're just people who are willing to live their lives and do things outside of the ordinary and that's who they are and that's why i appreciate carnies um but so when i think of like a carney about to get arrested i just see middle fingers flying up and like <laughs> like them trucking it leave me alone let me live the in original my brain gangsters they no, i wouldn't say originals but i mean harriet tubman and shit was around you know like <laughs> oh geez but so what happened was lester ends up asking gertrude uh while he has to go on the road, he has to earn some money because he's got. And Betty's in jail, so. Right, and so he sees these this unkempt house, which is a problem for me. Well, he didn't see it. Well, he he didn't go he, all the way in. That's y'all have to go all the way in and realize the house yeah. is dirty. But he saw he saw how chaotic the house was. But saw that she had seven kids and somehow was managing. So he thought, oh, I'll ask her. Like she needed more. Right. To board. Because this is the thing. I, a lot of people think that if you compensate someone that the stress is relieved. It's not. No. Um, but we'll board her, his two daughters for $20 a week. And in 1965, that's $20 so a week is $160. Right. So some of us, if you type, multiply that by four, that's some people's rent right now. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a hefty amount of money. It's not a little bit of, a little bit of money for two girls. And to which she agrees. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I said, I think the condition of the house and the way that she ran the house should have been a red flag to Lester. But Lester was on a mission. He told the rest of these hoes to catch up. And he's like, I got to go make my money. Sylvia, Jenny, you got this. And I think it's also important to point out that Jenny has polio. Right. And she's using braces to walk. So Jenny is already at a disadvantage as far as what she can do, who she can go with. And that would make me a little bit more concerned about where I leave my baby. Right. Like, so, I mean, but do then you again, this? being a carny and needing that money and, you know, I don't think, again, the parents were so caught up in their business and their relationship and their mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think they were really paying attention to the children as and well. And she was like, so I'll give you $20. Mm-hmm. And Gertrude was like, oh my God, an entire $20 a week. Oh, I can buy peas. Greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, corns, chickens. It's almost Thanksgiving, y'all. Oh, it is. No, but I guess like twenty dollars. If you're a broke and if she's living on odd jobs and random sporadic child support payments, what was mortgage back then? Because she had a house. <laughs> well, let's not. Okay, so there's a history lesson in here uh, <laughs> as to why um, single uh, white mothers could afford homes or have access to property and there's a lot of things that happened uh in the world in 1960s and things like that there's a lot of 
government lands and grants and loans that were given out to people, and they had a lot oh, of yeah, um, right. caveats attached to them. You yes, couldn't yes. be a domestic worker, and we know that most people of color were domestic workers or worked land, and you couldn't be those things. It doesn't matter. So, like, <laughs> there's <laughs> in Indianapolis specific, in Indiana specifically, a lot of those land grants and things were mm. real. Um, but that's not why we're here. But she has a house. <laughs> she has a house. And she can afford to keep the house, is the point. <laughs> um, so this is fine. So in the same way, um, like most things do, I think everything has a honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I, like, my first, like, foster care placement and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, there's always this weird honeymoon period where everyone's trying to be the best so that everyone's comfortable as possible. Right. But there's only so much you could do before the real you starts to leak out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what's the the saying is when you put something in a can and you squish down, it's only a little, it's only so much pressure can happen before you start to squeeze out the sides. Right. Um, and so this is where we are. Well, she started to squeeze out the sides a little bit. She exploded. Her, this- her metal can, but I think that, we're going to get to it, that Gertrude had so much repressed rage mm-hmm. and anger and self-hate mm-hmm. and all these things that she saw someone who wasn't hers that she could do these things to and hurt, and she did it. Mm-hmm. So everything was fine and dandy. Everything was strawberry daiquiris and Kool-Aid up until... Until she opened the mail, and guess what she didn't see at the end of the week? $20. They ain't $20. Where's my money at? <sighs> Bitch better have my money. Where's my rent? Like right away, lost her mind, and so this is my, this is my thing too. I also want to point this out, and I hate that fact that I always drag religion in this. But Gertrude identified as a very religious person, mm-hmm. and because of that, and I think I think there's a, there's a lot of things like there's some schizotypal things, and I'm not allowed to diagnose her. I know, but like <laughs> the way she the, the standard she held holds people who aren't related to her the standard she holds them to is ridiculous and mm-hmm. once you, you once you throw it religion in there i think it exacerbates those things right. where you have this weird moral superiority before anybody else so they went to church they did all this stuff and religion like mm-hmm. i love i'm a i i go to church mm-hmm. and i love i'm going to church tomorrow mm-hmm. like i'm one of the thank god that Thank God that I have all my capacities and faculties and things like that. Praise yeah, him. without your compa- <laughs> without, capacities. Without all my faculties, yeah, I would be a... It, I could, it, religion could be really dangerous. It, yes. With certain minds. So when she realized that her money wasn't there, something went off in Gertrude that day. Mm-hmm. And she verbally berated the girls. She screamed at them, essentially cussing them out. Mm-hmm. And then took the step further and forced them to pull down their skirts. Mm-hmm. And laid them across her bed and took a paddle to their backsides. Mm-hmm. But again, we could talk about religion and corporal punishment. <laughs> uh, the whole spare the rod, spoil the child type deal where everyone feels like they're, a lot of old black folks feel like mm-hmm. they're justified in these things. And there's this was a time too where spanking and hitting your kids as discipline was not frowned upon. This is the sixties. No, this even happens so, in school. Yeah, you so could you, you could whoop somebody else's child. You could beat your kid, and people are like, "Well, girl, you got smoke coming off his head." No, sometimes <laughs> let's have tea. Would yeah, do it, yeah. As well. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I am not. I'm not here to judge anybody who still hits their kids or whatever. Like, I don't think you should. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got nieces and nephews who I put the fear of God in from the jump. And they know that when my voice deepens and I look at them like, you better get your own. You're also six foot something. That's exactly what they know. So (laughs) I've always been a giant to them, will always be a giant to them. And so they know Charnel's intimidating without me having to physically impose that on them. And I think there's a way to do that where they know that I'm a lot of fun, but I'm also about my damn business. Mm -hmm. And so they know they can come to my apartment and we can play games until midnight and eat ice cream at 3 p.m. 
3 a.m., 4 a.m., and then I can hand you back, but you don't break nothing, you mm-hmm. behave, it's perfect. And there's a way to do things. But I again, I think that at this point, there is a lot of like, rage, sw- anger. Yeah. And again, this is another man disappointing Gertrude. So she trusted Lester to provide her with something. And this is also poor. Cho- I mean, he's a carny girl. I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, but choices. He's a rolling stone. I don't feel like she made smart choices to begin with. No. But again, this is another man um, betraying her. I like that. I like that way, that perspective. Thank you Mm -hmm. for that. See, this is why we're here. (laughs) And no, so of course, like Lester and Betty are back and they come back around and check on their babies. Mm -hmm. They're not coming to take them away because they're still working. They're they're working folks. And no one mentions anything. And obviously, I think it's because they're now, this sweet woman has now turned into an abusive monster. Monster. And I, I, we talked about this off mic, mm-hmm. is that I think it's so easy for us to say what we would do in cases of abuse or right. cases of harm right. um, because we're not in it. Right. But people don't realize that abuse doesn't just happen immediately. Like someone might spank a kid right away and that's the initial thing that starts something. But people are typically groomed and then become abused. Like abuse is a pattern of behavior. Groomed so, and not only that. Sorry to cut you ahead. off. But like... What you also view before. So we didn't know if Sylvia and Jenny saw this as a norm. We knew that they had, their parents weren't getting along. We don't know if there was abuse in that situation. But what becomes your norm in your childhood often becomes the norm later on in life. So with that being said, they're getting spanked, maybe just a norm for them. So they didn't feel like saying anything. Right. Like I think that it it usually happens. We've said it on the show several times. Things usually change for you um, psychologically and like developmentally and like whatever your living situations are. Mm-hmm. Once you change the space you're occupying, mm-hmm. so once you're forced to share space with people who are not your like the, the way I always say it, your brand of crazy, like at your right. house, is when people start saying that's mm-hmm. n- actually not okay. What happened right, to you? And right. you're like, oh wait, it wasn't. Like ask ask like amongst us, like we like I remember being the black kid in college and being like, oh hell yeah, my mom did X Y and Z, and everyone's like. Your mom did what? I'm like I would have been the one like your mom did what? I'd be like, "Girl, my mom was bad." That's not normal. They're like, "No, that's actually not normal." Like I was like, "Oh well, whatever." I lived. No, I mean I had that one. You know, growing growing up and you're in the uh, Catholic school and you're the only black one there. You're like, "Oh, you don't get spanked? Okay, what?" And it's just like, "Oh," and everyone's like, "Your mom should not be hitting you," and you're like, "Oh well, y'all ain't hear nothing from me." Shh. Like, I know, right? Because she find out what we're right about. More, right? More of a spanking when you get home. <laughs> let me oh, stop laughing. that was a joke. Let me see. Yeah, let me happened. stop. Let me. Yeah, let me stop. That's real life, right? There. Right. But so yeah, and so this when I talk about patterns, this pattern grew because Sylvia and Jenny, obviously, demonstrated poor, broke. Mm-hmm. They had no money other than the twenty dollars for the rent and. Gertrude wasn't giving them anything. So what they started doing was rummaging through garbage cans in the neighborhood. Like my niece saves all her iced tea bottles and things like that because she wants her own money because she can't work. So go for it. We we love an enterprising queen. I love my niece. And so my sister lets her do that and she brings her to stop and shop, you know, and she gets her four dollars and seventy eight cents or whatever. And she buys her twelve pack of nest tea and she moves on again. And that's what Jenny Sylvia were doing. They're collecting old Coca-Cola bottles and just getting that money and buying candy. Until. Until. 
Gertrude sees them with this candy. And I think part of this is like, I, I've had some foster care placement, like where it's like when you see kids that aren't yours living in your house, getting things that your kids don't have or can't get. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Right. Like, and like all these other babies are going to be jealous. Who do you think? You think you're better than my kids? Uh, actually, well, yes. Well, actually, yeah, because they thought of it. Your <laughs> kids going to do the same. <laughs> I was like, actually, my kids, are, I am better than your kids. Did you not realize that? But she sees this. And when they're like, oh, she accuses them of stealing the candy, which is a plausible thing for kids who don't have money because she doesn't see them rummaging or right. chooses not to see them rummaging. And once she, once uh, Sylvia explains, no, we actually just collected bottles, and now that's how we got the Gertrude's like, lies! Spanks them with the paddle again. Again. So, like, things, even, like, now, even when they do things the right way, mm-hmm. they're being punished. And I think this is a cycle of abuse that we see a lot of times. And, like, work, working in foster care, and I know you've you've been touched by foster care yes. and, the, and the people you work with. Work, yes. Where it's, like, you find, you find yourself in this position where you're not allowed to really do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, where you feel this, like, uneasiness. Where you're not, not even walking in eggshells. You feel like... You're like, you ever see those like spy movies where the lasers are everywhere and you can't move? Like, because mm-hmm. if you're gonna trip something, something's gonna piss someone off. This is where Sylvia and Jenny are now. Right. And this is the person that they're relying on for a place to live. Too, right. And so. so the lesson, the last thing you wanna do, one, is piss her off so much that you can't live there. Right. Because remember, they're, they're in school, they're making friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that these Banachevsky kids are there, or Banachevsky, whatever, <laughs> kids Banachevsky. are, are their friends too. We will find out that they are, in fact, not. not and they are still, some of them are still alive. And mm, mm-hmm. um, and so all these things. So it's just, it's, I, I feel for these kids. Like I've been in these kids' positions when you're like, I don't know what to do. Because mm-hmm. either you're displaced and mm-hmm. homeless waiting for your mom and dad to come get you mm-hmm. and hope they can get you. Mm-hmm. Or you stay in a place where you know what's coming and you right. think you can prepare for it. Right. And I think that's terrible. No, And then another factor is Jen too. She had polio. So she's disabled. It's, it's harder for her to move to and get right, in so. on the street under that circumstance. But shortly after, um, I guess the kids come home. I guess the supposed friends come home. This Benachevsky kids came home and said that Sylvia was eating so much. Well, this is the thing, and I, I think This is that, where the kids start to come in, though. Well, yeah, so the kids' behavior, and I think a lot of this, I think that Gertrude was making a point. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you'll see you'll see this, um, and like the trope is, I make an example out of one person so that everyone else falls in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the way to, and the way to stay on someone's good side is to help them do what they're doing. So people who brown those at work, oh, no, sir, I can do those files for you. I can send those emails and those faxes right away. You help them in their, in their quest to do whatever it is. And so the behavior towards the the Likens kids becomes a lot more violent and malicious mm-hmm. from these kids too. So these uh, kids are starting to like, and they start lying, lying. and like again, Sylvia's been eating there. All the food, and because and then Gertrude was like super angry, decides to punish her, and this is where it kind of escalates from the beating to something else. So yeah, she the beatings her, become a lot. They start to seem really benign compared to all the things that are going to come. Right. So she makes her eat this hot dog with a whole bunch of condiments Gross. on it. Gross. All this stuff. Gross. And eventually Sylvia vomits and she forces her to pick up the vomit and eat it. Gross. Correct. Like I said. Like, a, like treating her like, essentially like a dog. Right. Like, and I think... This is awesome. So this is a little bit of an escalation from the beating. A little bit. You, you, I mean, compared to where we're going. Yeah, but this is a full <laughs> compared, but con- contrasting to where we were, full escalation because this is this goes beyond mm-hmm. just physical like 
abuse. This is humiliation. Now we're into we're getting into the psychological side of things right. where she's now attempting to demean and dehumanize Sylvia. Mm-hmm. And Sylvia is I is the target in everyone in every documentary you watch, um, every movie you watch, everything you read. Sylvia is the target of this because of a, a perceived jealousy right. of Gertrude. Her Gertrude. beauty. Sylvia and We've seen pictures. Sylvia is a gorgeous young girl, right, like she pretty. Was. She's thin. Mm-hmm. People like her. She's clean. <laughs> and like, there's all these things Gertrude, that all you had to do is take a bath. You know, Gertrude is just sitting there, and I what was it the ID channel one that I was watching, and <laughs> she was like, they show her the, the dramatization of mm-hmm. her like sweating in a corner, ironing things. Right. And I just I can I can see Gertrude sitting there every time Sylvia walks by, like, have a good day, Gertrude. You too, you too, Sylvia. Oh, skinny bitch. Oh, <laughs> I used to be pretty too, and every time one of her big-headed kids walked by, like mm, until you, until you, like just every time, like show the old pictures. You see what you did to Mama? Mama was a damn thing. Now I'm eyeing these old folks' fucking petty pants. Petty pants. I'm so southern. <laughs> My grandma used to call shit petty pants. I'm like, grandma, that is like 1920s, like, bourgeois. Like, like, who the fuck calls underwear petty pants? Oh, my God. I miss my grandma. Anyway. So, like I said, all these um, all these things start ramping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, yeah, she's super jealous. Mm-hmm. And I there's a, there's another instance where Gertrude overhears some girl talk. And mm-hmm. I, I mean girl talk because I think we all are guilty of talking about our own sexual explorations with people yeah, that we trust. Talk about sex and and mm-hmm. Sylvia make you know, kind of likens to the point, <laughs> likens, because that's her last name, uh, <laughs> to the point. Where she's like, you know, I don't let a guy kind of touch me once and, you know, and then right away, again, I, I, I feel like I need to, I don't think schizotypal was in there, but it's in there. So I'm like, I think it's in there. And right away, this prostitute, unacceptable, like just flies into a rage, curses her out again, calls her all types of sluts and all types of prostitutes. Again, like demeaning this young girl and proceeds to kick her. In her crotch. Like, who? We know, we know, Sharnel. We don't have to go there. <laughs> so yeah, I think she just she's just projecting all this uh, pent up aggression and rage towards Sylvia. I think again, she's she's trying to paint Sylvia as morally corrupt. Um, but just look at like look at her actions. That's why I talked about cognitive dissonance in the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Is because she's trying to paint Sylvia as this terrible human being. Right. So so far she said, you know, Sylvia is greedy. She eats all the food in the house. She's selfish. She's, that's she, the and that's right. the underlying force right. of this. She is a whore. She's a slut. She has a voice touching her. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are all these are things she's trying to like stories she's making up in her head to make it okay. We talk about allowances on the show all the time. So you know. We talk about physical allowances going further and further, but there are also mental allowances that start to happen to let you go physically into more stuff. So that's what she was doing. And the fact that her, again, her behaviors are in direct opposition to what she's saying she believes, but also in in direct opposition to her own behaviors. Because remember, she was sleeping with a 23-year-old while she was still with her uh, ex, John. Like, so if anybody was out here hoeing, like, it was Gertrude. And so, like, how dare you be touched or be seen as desirable by men when the only person I want, and we can get into how people perceived some of the younger kids in the neighborhood uh, that she was essentially, I would say, raping, because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So there is some speculation that she was sleeping with some of the younger teens in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and I'm like... 
made me sick. Like, right. what the fuck, Gertrude. But, yeah. you know, it's crazy. What I find funny about this whole, like, Sylvia's a whore thing. Did you just go cross-eyed on me? Maybe. <laughs> um, where was this energy when her daughter, who was 17 and Sylvia's friend, got pregnant by a middle-aged man? Remember how I told you cognitive dissonance? <laughs> it's it's got to be them. It's got to right. be the lichens that are wrong. Right, right. The Banachevskis, ain't nothing wrong with them. That's... You know, that's God's plan. That's divine. <laughs> that, what is that? That's manifest destiny and ish. Like, this is. There's nothing manifest destiny. It's <laughs> about another kid to feed Gertrude. What? <laughs> <laughs> and that was Gertrude's response to common yeah. damn sense. But yeah, so according to Jenny, uh, according to a, a, a deposition here, she had talked about how the next day after that event had occurred, that she had, you know, they went to school and in real teenage fashion, you want revenge. You don't, and in the, again, in, the, in a way that is not directly violent, Mm-mm. you know, towards the people you live with, because you don't feel like you have that space to say how you feel and what is wrong and what is right. Yeah. Um, so they start spreading rumors that Paula and Gertrude's oldest, second oldest daughter Stephanie were sleeping with boys for money. Now, I'm not saying yes, they were sleeping with. Uh, well, but I'm saying. What I am saying is that probably this no, that's not even what I'm going to say. What I'm saying is that I'm yes, it is a a reflection of what Gertrude thinks of Sylvia, and I think that's why she chose that rumor was because it would hurt. But eventually, it had gotten to uh, Stephanie's boyfriend Cody, who is again a piece of shit, um, and beat up Sylvia once he heard once he heard the rumors right. put around. So and beat it. up Sylvia with you know Gertrude saying go beat her up. I go ahead, beat her up, came in. And this became, he would come to the home to practice his judo on Sylvia. I don't trust white boys with judo. Like, I don't trust trust, like these repressed kids who who are obviously looking for people to harm and hurt, learning ways to harm people without learning the discipline side of it. Right. And it's whenever... supposed to be self-discipline. It's why you do it. Well, it's supposed to be that. But I think that a lot of these kids, you have to remember, these kids are running wild throughout this neighborhood. This, right. this is not some, this isn't, um, you know, this isn't Andrea Yates' neighborhood where everyone's making $120,000 a year. Correct. You know, these are kids who are in and out of their own houses, kind of doing their own thing. Parents are around, but, you know, they're like, you're 16, 15 years old. People aren't looking at you or watching you. You're home before your parents. Can. It's all these things happen. And I just don't feel like he is being guided in all the ways that he should be. Right. Um, but this is where we are now. And so he's practicing these moves on her and, like I said, striking her, hurting her. And this girl is like, the, the injuries that she has to be suffering are ridiculous. Um, but even this is terrible because not only is she directing all this self-hate or projecting all this self-hate on the Sylvia, she's also reverting back to teenage tactics too. Like we Big see, time. So we see her start to like, kind of pick, like, oh, did you hear that she said this too? And oh, I heard that. I'm like, I gotta do the voice. <laughs> and I heard that um she, she had called your mother a like what yeah so 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 at this point gertrude is going up to paula's friend and telling them that sylvia is spreading rumors about their mothers and you know what and And also and as well your mama too like that's where i what in the mean girls well this is this is this is how i feel about this like on the outside looking in like i remember again i was a problem child (laughs) foster care not and the thing I would always say is like, and also in your mom and your daddy. Like, yes, I said it. Okay, what? 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my fault your parents didn't work. I was that kid. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm, that's why your dad works so late. I wonder why his checks don't reflect those extra four hours and nights because he doesn't want to come to your mom. Leave me alone. Like, oh, he drank away his entire paycheck. I wonder why. I'm living in the same house. Like, I'm that person. <laughs> so, like, I'm all for bashing Gertrude's family. And I wish she would, like, I wish she had the protection that I had. <laughs> you would have protected Sylvia all the way. Oh, no. I wish, uh, yo, if I lived in that neighborhood. And, <laughs> and this is also the issue, too, is that there's all these rumors that are happening and all these things. But there are witnesses. Right. Um, they talk about the school and the teachers who are starting to notice bruising. We talk about the neighbors, the Vermillions that moved in next door, who saw like everything, everything, saw the way they treated Sylvia, saw saw Paula beat Sylvia, and said nothing. nothing. And we talked about it in the episode one right away about how people mind their business. And mm-hmm. I we talked about black folks mind their business. And apparently, like it's like it's like minding your business transcends racial lines like it's just like that ain't got shit to do with me <laughs> but at some point like when they're like i i've i've, I've uh i've ignored like fights and things like that mm-hmm. like leaving my house like outside my house i'll look out the window as long as no one's like beating up a woman or something like that right. i just mind my business if someone's just arguing but when i would never be able to turn one of my mandated reporter but i would never be able to turn my back on someone if I knew someone was abusing a baby. Like, I don't care if you're 17 years old, in my eyes, you're a baby and you deserve to be protected the same way everybody else is. Right. So, these Vermillions who sat back and was like, okay, so we don't want trouble with Gertrude. I mean, fuck Gertrude. Like, right. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the mindset of like, I'll roll up on a parent, and I have for <laughs> abusing their kid. Like, it's not hard. So, it's just, it bothers me to no end that things like this happen. Um, and I, it just, and it only got worse right. from there. So now Sylvia is getting beat by all the school children um, at the request and rumors spread by Gertrude. Gertrude, again, she's 40 40 plus. She's too old and too rusty for this. Let's just say that. But what makes it worse is that she also tries to get Jenny in it and successfully does get Jenny into it because she starts to, you know, threaten Jenny. If you don't, I'm going to beat you. And and this is... uh... Remember, Jenny has polio. Yeah, and fear she is a strong like motivator. Correct. Fear is a very strong motivator. Um, and I, I think that there's, a, I can't remember who it was. You probably, you've looked over this study too. If you're done psychology, right? Okay. Um, Milgram, the study of yeah, obedience. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Like even if you know you're hurting someone, mm-hmm. in order to just do what you're told, like how human obedience, like that is essentially this. Like right. I know I shouldn't be harming this person. I know I shouldn't be hurting this person. But out of fear of retribution. Or anything like this is what I'm gonna do, and so Jenny, you know, does lash out at her own sister, and it makes me sad. And there is a point where Sylvia comes to Gertrude looking for new clothes, looking for something for school, school gets clothes. turned down by Gertrude because she doesn't have. And this is the it's such parallels to how foster care worked for me, and it makes me so fucking mad to think about right. it. Like going for things like why you need that? They don't pay me enough to do that for you, and I'm like. Okay, but I still need it, whether or not you're going to complain about it. like, And so when you need things, you're going to go about doing it by any means necessary. Typically, we talk about how um, the, the socioeconomic factors of crime. If right. you need something and no one's going to provide it for you, you don't have the means mm-hmm. to acquire it the right way, you're going to get it the wrong way. And, and she does. She, she steals. Did. She stole it? She steals clothes. She what? Um, and she what? Uh, she what it? She stole it. She stole it. <laughs> she steals this new gym outfit that she was <laughs> looking to get from Gertrude. She stole it. She she stole it. 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 
just funny to me. And I'm going to laugh at you. And Gertrude find out, unfortunately. So her way to deal with Sylvia for punishment of stealing this outfit is kicking her in the crotch repeatedly and then burning the tips of her fingers with cigarettes, each and every one of her fingertips. You, you know, the best way to, to teach your kids not to steal, and I'm not about humiliating children, but the best way to do it is to hold them accountable for it and make them return the thing right. and then punish them by not letting them do things. Like, right. yeah, taking away things isn't the best way to treat, to punish your kids, but sometimes when they're young. Um, I'm but, sure no one said uh, kicking them in the crotch is a successful way of doing this. Right. This wasn't in any parenting book. Right. And so the I want to I just wanted to get this out of the way because we're there and I don't want I don't want to talk about it for too long. Mm-hmm. But so again, these girls who obviously have no means of providing for themselves are probably wearing the same clothes over and over again, washing them by hand also, mm-hmm. doing things like that to appear quote unquote presentable at school and at social functions because they are still kids who are strangely still allowed to go do things. Like they're not they're not kind of like you know, ball and chain to the house all the time. Um, so they start doing their their old hustle of bottle collection again, and mm-hmm. that backfires. Right. And we talk about the psychological aspect of this. And so once again, Gertrude gets into this mode of that Sylvia is a prostitute, and because and for whatever reason, I hate that religious folks and anybody, and not even religious folks. People who aren't even religious have this idea that people who are prostitutes aren't actually people and don't deserve respect due right. a human being. Maybe Gertrude, if she Gertrude did some, work maybe it, out Gertrude probably, but, that, but that's the thing is Gertrude probably did do some of that work, and it's <laughs> and it pisses her off that she did it. So she makes herself again. This is the thing when you think you're you you are barbarian. The best way to do it and the best way to justify behavior that you did is to put it on someone else who you think is less than you. So even if she did prostitute or, you know, sell her body or sell sex or whatever the phrase you want to use is, like, it's not as bad as when Sylvia was doing it. Sylvia doesn't have to do it. Like, there's no reason for it. Sylvia is the worst person for it. Just before we go in, I just want to say trigger warning again for the next part because this is yeah. where the sexual assault will come in and a lot of people have been touched by this. So this is where the sexual assault starts to leak in. Thank you so much for that. You're See, you're responsible. <laughs> so Gertrude drags her to the living room. And forces her to strip in front of a bunch of boys. Her sons, neighborhood boys, are in the living room. And under the threat of beating the living hell out of her, again, polio-stricken sister, forces her to masturbate with a glass Coca-Cola bottle in front of these boys. And we talked about now the humiliation Mm -hmm. that comes into this. And and I want to, like a reminder, as, as graphic as this is, that... Sylvia, up until this point, was in fact a virgin. Right. Like she had, like that was one of the things that I think was so that angered Gertrude so much is that she was this kind of pristine, untouched person that so that Gertrude still wanted to be. Right. And it like this is it's heartbreaking because like I I picked this without knowing the full story, because um, I knew the story of like Sylvia Likens. I was like I know like I've heard mm-hmm. of it. I remember this coming up. If you're a true crime fan, it comes up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I never looked into it. Mm-hmm. Until this case, until I chose to do the case, and I was like, <laughs> "Why?" It was like, "Why am Why am I like this? Like, why? <laughs> like, why are all the cases I choose like brutal?" <laughs> um, you know, it really does make you like reflect on yourself. Yeah. Um, no, I thought about it too, especially <laughs> seeing, like, seeing Dahmer and then now this like Dahmer, like, Coral, Magnata. <laughs> you're like, hmm. <laughs> 
I was like, I, I assure you guys that I am quite all there. <laughs> like, I, I might have been traumatized as a kid, but I went through therapy and medications, and I am fully functional as an adult. Maybe not fully functional, but mostly functional. Um, but even after this traumatic um, Coke bottle incident, after all the beatings and kicks to the crotch and torture, um, Sylvia actually became incontinent. Right. Um, and what that means is that Typically, it means both that you can use the control of your like bowel movements and your bladder, mm-hmm. um, just because they've been weakened because of damage to the muscles around the bladder or d- direct damage to the bladder. Which mm-hmm. I'm inclined to believe it was just direct damage to her right. bladder I mean, because before the bottles, she was being kicked in the crotch all right. the time. So yeah, so she was constantly so yeah. There's probably damage from the bottle, damage from that. So this woman's this young this young lady. She's not a woman quite. She's not a woman yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, materialize her, and so people can. But like this young girl's body has been ravaged. By these people, and it's not even done. It's not even over yet. No, this is just really in the beginning. Yeah, and so at this point, now that she's you know urinating on herself, and she hold, and there's different types of incontinence too. Mm-hmm. Um, some, and it seemed like she had what it, what was it called? Um, according to WebMD, mm-hmm. urge mm-hmm. incontinence. I mm-hmm. think that it's when you feel the strong urge to go and you can't get there, mm-hmm. um, and so you end up just having an unexpected or unwanted release. Um, and I think that was her, like she knew when she had to, but she, they wouldn't, she couldn't get there in time because of the damage. And so this was the allowance now to really say this, this girl has no home training. She has no, like, she's not human. This is not what well behaved people do. And it gave Gertrude license to really start to treat her like the animal she believed her to be. So with that, she was no longer fit to live amongst everybody else. And she started to lock her in the basement. Now the basement had no bathroom, no toilet, nowhere for her to relieve herself. So again, it's going to continue happening where she's defecating and urinating in the basement. On the floor. Where is she going to go? Um, I know the movies had, and the documentaries had her on like a mattress and things like that, but I, I doubt that was even I a thing. It was probably sure. more like a pad, blankets mm-hmm. on the floor in a corner. Mm-hmm. In the basements in the old days, they were not these beautiful finished things that they you see finished. in celebrity homes. They are cold cellar cement floors. Cement floor, yeah. um, and even with Colleen Stan, like, there was a bedpan to kind of like shimmy under yourself so that way you're not laying in your own waist. But if this girl is tied up, she's forced to literally, like, if you're to, to sh- like shit where you eat, like, it's terrible. And that's if they fed her. So, like, there's so many parts of this that go wrong. And the other side of this, another trigger warning for extreme abuse here is the cleansing and now this is the religious side of things this is mm-hmm. religious inform inform religion informing right. abuse mm-hmm. um where she feels that she has to cleanse sylvia and according to this ritual <clears throat> sorry um it would insist of her like drawing this bath of piping hot water and tossing sylvia in bound mm-hmm. and then afterward rubbing salt all over her body. All over her body, which would now be covered in blisters. And burns. And burns. And so, like, agonizing pain mm-hmm. that this, like, this young girl is like, I don't know. She first, would do this once or it doesn't. It, it was more than day, once a day yeah, sometimes. Yeah, like, and I'm like. Men, multiple times. Um, and the entire time, these kids are witnesses to this. Like Kids are witnessing and the kind neighborhood of. Neighborhood kids. It's amazing how much the body can endure. 
because she endured. I would say it's amazing how much Sylvia. I feel like Sylvia had a will about her that a lot of people don't. Maybe because I, I think I would have been out. Right. Some of us <laughs> think like like I don't think I could handle that. Like yeah. I'm a tough cookie and right. I've, I've gone through some shit, right. but like yeah, <laughs> not I this shit. Right. So like there is. I mean, I I think there is a either the fight or flight. Something would have happened. Right. I I probably would have ended up. Like murdering, murdering Gertrude everybody, yeah, and like everybody just, in the house, I mean, like everybody, everybody would have to go. Like I, I was a, I was a bit, I was a bit of a, a fire happy youngin. Me too. So I would have, I mean, I would play with it. Like I would, no, I, you like, would like this probably. I was, yeah, I was ordered to court, ordered anger management and things because of my <laughs> fire play. Let's call it that. Um, I was like, I'm, but you know, I've grown from an eight, nine, ten year old. But everyone kind of knows who they are as a person. If you're fight or flight kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm I'm definitely a fighter. (laughs) Um, And it's, and it's not because I didn't have any other choice. Mm -hmm. It's because for so many often in my life, Mm -hmm. I, I'm put in situations where I'm forced to protect other people, and if I go, they have no safety. So like, I end up staying, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm the first one to be like, oh, so this is what we're doing. Mm You want all these hands. You want all this work. Okay. No, I just have a temper. <laughs> like, no, like I've, I've again, I'm anger management is flawed, but it doesn't. I guess in, a, I guess in a way though, like there was kind of a defense, and there was like a childhood reason why I had to always be on the defense and yeah. always out of mouth. I mean, you you get it from someplace. Yeah, like but, most thing, most things don't come from nothing. And yeah. I think if mm-hmm. if you're if you're a true crime fanatic like we are, and you're enjoying and you enjoy true crime cases, like part of the the excitement of these cases is that mm-hmm. is that that nothing just happens by accident. Nope. Most things are caused by something. Everything's a cause and nerve. And how people effect. react differently. It's crazy how you get, it's so crazy you got growing up in the same household, how even your siblings are a lot different than yeah. how you end up reacting towards like certain abuses are totally different. Yeah, both my and siblings And even are if you felons. view it as abuse. <laughs> I was like, I'm the only sibling that's got a felon. Right. It's so. crazy how. I mean, I'm very close. I can be, it can be a felon tomorrow. <laughs> But no, like, like just moving along in the, in in this case though, um, like I said, that these people, these kids are watching, and there is a there is a safety in participating. Um, there's a lot of times, and you guys have probably experienced this in your jobs, in school, in your friend circles, where being the odd one out could be dangerous and alienating and ostracizing. And so all the, there are a lot of kids who are not at this point, they're using Sylvia as entertainment. They have some, uh, there's some fucked up way they were charging kids to come and watch and kick and harm. So there was a mess, but like her kids have now gone beyond the point of just, you know, staying in mom's good graces to acting individually and mm-hmm. being terrible towards Sylvia. So mm-hmm. like Gertrude's behavior has infected and informed the rest of the behavior of everyone in the house and everyone in surrounding houses. Mm-hmm. Um, she only she gets her own little riffraff. Um, right. if you, do you know who riffraff is? Yeah. Like, a, well, a little vagabond, a little bad boy. No. What riffraff is, is from Rocky Horror Picture. You always know, you never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, I still haven't. It's Halloween too. And you didn't even, I, it was playing at the movie theater down the street from your house. Like I, I love right. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna give. I got the DVD. I'm gonna give it to you before you leave. And <laughs> you watch it. You watch this. He's giving you, me. What did you do homework? Yeah, you need to. Here's a but podcast. But is a little. <laughs> is a little bald, like skinny guy who's just like there, like handyman for right hand man, um, with Rick Hobbs and like it's mm-hmm. just there's like there. Well, 
There's just a What's mess. What's crazy about Rick Hobbs is like, so he becomes like Gertrude's like little personal like boy, well, like bellboy. Again, riff raff. Riff raff. Well, I haven't seen the movie. Well, I, I gave you context. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's just he's like from a middle class family honor student. Like what in the world? But we also know that the way you perform in life does not mean that you. I you mean, can't but be like dangerous. you did not have to. But apparently, they said that he was having um relations with Gertrude. Well, that's so what I'm saying. Yeah, there there are so many things. Earlier, and yeah. it wasn't just him. There are other neighborhood boys oh, yeah. that the stories I was reading. If you dive into Reddit, you might get lost. But it's one of those things I where I did not. I did I not research Reddit. Reddit. I always Google the name and then Reddit, and then I stay there for like three hours. At like Reddit two in the is morning. like a sick, twisted word. It is. You find the most demented parts of the story on Reddit, or you just find people who are like screwed up and are looking to add things. So you gotta have to sift through it. But yeah. it's a mess. But like it's 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 uh it's it's become almost unbearable for Sylvia, and now we have. Uh, and people who are kind of privy now to the abuse on a high scale. There's kids who have come in. There was Judy Duke who had come in and we told her parents. And then again, because of the normalization of corporal punishment in the 60s, right. like, well, that's what happens when you misbehave. Like, there's all these things that were down. The reverend shows up um, at one point, and one, <laughs> I. Fucking Gertrude, I don't want to do it. Gertrude is complaining about Sylvia being a burden, and Sylvia is probably the least burdensome of the kids, um, and says that she has all these things she wants to do, and that she she's trying to say all these things about my daughter, and my daughter is this pristine visage visage of a of what a young lady should be. And we a all know that she lady. is not because again she's like seventeen, sleeping with a thirty five year old, like all these things that are happening at this time, um, and then and then. After a letter was sent off by Jenny to her older sister Diana, who has now moved away, has her own family. Own family. Which is and like the sixties were so weird that you could just do things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you just move out and you can't contact. There was no cell phones or Facebook. No cell phone. But Diana does, in fact, um, after brushing off the letter, eventually comes to visit her sisters and at is refused in entry to the house. Right. Which would not be a thing that flew, that flew with me. No. If I come knocking looking for my my little ones, best believe I'm a find them. Listen, not for nothing. Gertrude <laughs> wasn't eating. She's getting kicked real quick, and she's gonna fall. Right. So it's just like even things like that, mm-hmm. um, that bothered. Like Diana shows up, and because like typically Diana, because she ignored the letter the first time, trash Diana's. I'm just gonna say that. I know who. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, D's. Um, <laughs> I don't care. I just, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but no, so Diana ends up calling CPS, Child Protective Services, mm-hmm. um, and they send a social worker to the house. Because social workers are superheroes. Uh, and they come mm-hmm. in, and right away, um, Gertrude is talking about, I, I don't know what, you, I don't know if you've ever experienced this too, with like parents of a foster youth who, uh, if you have a particularly challenging, that's the word we like to use, uh, child, the first thing they do is complain about the 87 things that went wrong, but not the 190 things that they've done right. Um, right. it's like right. they've done this right, right. and because to, to avoid things like I don't know mm-hmm. we're off track again but I, I hate this mm-hmm. um, one of the things that the best ways to deal with um, foster kids is when you get kids, people in your house especially Gertrude or people like and then in general like I don't want to keep calling her foster kids because she's not there's a word for it and it's not foster but it kind of mm-hmm. is a foster example it's just to tell people kind of what you're willing to parent when you're not willing to parent mm-hmm. um, and I think that when the social worker showed up and Gertrude is just lying out, first of all, out of her ass, but also just saying all these terrible things, 
Like that should let someone know. Social worker know that there's something wrong. Exactly. So mm-hmm. like you've kept this girl in your house for X amount of months, and she's done all this, and bad she's done stuff. all these things, but you still are housing her. So like there, that's there's red flags. Like you can't lie to social workers typically, and ha- and have them not investigate Good ones. or dive in. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I said usually don't want, the ones that give don't a damn. care about the paperwork, care about the people. Yeah, and so somehow this social worker. <laughs> I was like, failed at her job, mm-hmm. and so I I can't. I'm sorry. I one of the I just you know what it's it's always fun in games until the social workers screw up, and then it makes me realize that 45 years later, after all these things, that kids are still fucked. Right. You know, it's it's very hard. But yeah, so either way, the social worker ends up not taking uh, her, taking her seriously mm-hmm. and not removing her from the home. Even with, like, again, the home itself. Like, that's the other thing. The home itself was not clean. It was not tidy. The kids were dirty. Gertrude was dirty and emaciated. Well, not emaciated, but dirty and thin. Mm -hmm. And, like, and the social worker was like, whatever. Do you? And, uh, uh, so. So, she's going so deprived that Sylvia can no longer basically, well, this is what Jenny said, produce tears. She was severely dehydrated. At this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was forced to eat a bowl of soup with her fingers at this point. I mean, she's not getting food. So she's like trying to get food. They give her this bowl of fingers. And then... They give her a bowl of fingers? <laughs> give her this bowl of sorry, soup. And she has to eat it with... Imagine like how difficult... Y'all ever try eating something with a fork? So try eating it with your fingers. I've never, I've <laughs> never had to eat anything with a fork. Try, try eating cereal. With, uh, you never tried? Like, you didn't have a spoon to I've your never disposal. Not, I've never not had a spoon <laughs> when I'm eating cereal. Um, okay, but also, and as well, I would just like to say <laughs> that mm-hmm. I don't like soup. Mm-hmm. I think that soup is a trap. Uh, it's not a real meal. But I stews, just, I, I would eat. You know what's fun? No, I hate stews. I don't like bisques. I love bisques. Or chowders because they're just frothy things that make no sense. Such a hater. Not a hater. I just don't think... I think soup is for poor people and I think that... This is throwing shade because he went on my thing and saw that I made bisque and chowder. No. Come at me, bro. The story is... Come at me. Say my name. This is not about you. Okay, so don't center yourself in this. But the, the story is story is that i ate a lot of ramen because i was poor for the first part of my childhood um and i didn't realize that ramen was 10 cents a pack but when i went to college and i was at target with my mm-hmm. sweet mates and they're like oh bro grab some of that ramen and i was like oh yeah dope and i grabbed the ramen and i realized there was like 20 of them in there for five dollars and i was like bitch were we poor <laughs> And for whatever reason, something went off in my head, and I just bought a shit ton of Easy Mac the rest of the time I was in the dorms. Like, and you refused to. I like, refuse to. I've not had ramen in eighteen years. Um, I don't like. I don't like brothy soups. I don't. Well, that's what I'm saying. Broth is gross, and I'm like, I'd rather have something that's filling because I'm not going to eat that's like, like half something that's going to leave me half full, mm-hmm. and then like, well, just drink the broth. So what? I can pee. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Like, just give me a beef stew that I can pour over like a rice. And like, give me some. I hope there's some good veggies in that motherfucker. You know, so it doesn't matter. Why are we here? So, anyways, so again, she's trying to get food, can't eat it. So we continue on, and she finally lets Sylvia sleep upstairs again, uh, under the condition that she learned not to wet herself. Well, mind you, she physically is incapable of not wetting herself because she is. Again, malnourished to the point of that she can barely move on her own. She has mm-hmm. to be helped everywhere. She can barely really like run, walk, 
Um, she can't, like her bladder is damaged. She's tired all the time. I'm sure her blood pressure is sky high. Like all these things that attribute to you being super fatigued. Um, and of course, you know she pees the bed when she wake. Like Gertrude finds out right. that she pees the bed. Well, she also get, told Jenny to give her a glass of water before she fell asleep. It's just trash. And of course, Jenny survival mode gave her the glass of water and she wets the bed. So as a punishment, she again forces Sylvia to masturbate with this empty Coca-Cola bottle in front of all the children. I, but then she takes it to another level. Yeah. Hmm. So this gets really intense. So what happens is after the Coke bottle, and this is the escalation that really does it in for me. Um, because <laughs> I can I, talk about it if you want. No, <laughs> I got it. I'm a, I'm a tough cookie. Because the thing is, like I, like I, the gruesome, the gruesome side of things. Like I, what I really want to study, um, and that's why I was thinking like the little doctorate thing is like extreme grief. Um, extreme violence, things like that, that would cause you to act out in such a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I'm going to be dealing. That's why I probably choose all the gruesome crimes because I was like, I want to know what about people makes yeah, this people is sadistic behavior. You'll be yeah. Saying, yeah. Um, so what happens is what's she goes into the fact that this rumor from months ago that Sylvie had started in retaliation mm-hmm. um, for being called a prostitute and being kicked in the crotch. And she makes a reference to like, well, if you're going to brand my daughter with this label, then I'm going to brand you and heats up a sewing needle, um, has boys hold Sylvia down and begins to carve with a sewing, a heated sewing needle Mm -hmm. that I am a prostitute and I am proud of it into her torso. Now I'm like, I can't imagine like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a super aggressive. I am confrontational, but imagine having to be there the entire time for this like you willingly are putting this into someone's body slowly like writing letters you you know there's a lot of letters what is that all the children are 35 letters in this and you've got to do each of them and then you make rick rick hobbs her little riffraff finish it right and at some point even ask how to spell shit and you're like oh sorry so this is how he writes it down and so he like things like that there's so many points in time where this behavior could have stopped and that's how I know that Gertrude was on a whole other level at this right. point. And I, 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 my heart broke mm-hmm. um, specifically for, for Sylvia at that moment. I was like, this is, I, like, I don't know how this, li- this little girl made it this far. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Like, like, this is really what it is. And I, I, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. So either way, because we, we were wrapping this up because we've, we've stayed in this depressed place so long. <laughs> It's a lot to yeah, unpack. It is, it really is. And so she comes in and she's taunting Sylvia. And Sylvia is, at this point, very resigned mm-hmm. to what's happening to her. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this, this is, like, is going to be it for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that Gertrude realized in the same way that I would say, like, Michelle realized that her abuses have escalated and gone way too far to the point that their kids weren't going to survive. Specifically, Stoney, um, in the Michelle case, was not going to survive the abuses that were forced upon the kids. Mm -hmm. I think that here is when Gertrude started trying to figure it out. Because you see her behavior um, starts to shift more towards that nurturing Mm -hmm. side where she starts like, oh, I want to give Sylvia an actual bath. Right. Like they wash her with soap in like mild tempered water mm-hmm. and they try to feed her toast and mm-hmm. things like that. But Sylvia can't eat at, no, this, at point. this point. Like she's, she's like at this point, she's just so beaten up. And mm-hmm. 
that angers Gertrude that Sylvia can't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, she makes Sylvia write this letter saying that she went with a gang of boys and they got all and they had sex and she's a prostitute. She's proud and mm-hmm. I, you know, I destroyed property. I peed on a mattress. Like mm-hmm. I, I've, I've cost Gertrude so much money and so much time and effort despite all her kindness. Like things that again paint Gertrude as this pristine like savior of these girls and her as this problem child because that's what Gertrude thought she was. Mm-hmm. Gertrude thought that she was this this amazing person and it was all Sylvia's fault. So after she finishes this letter, she um she uh Gertrude basically has uh Johnny Jr. and Jenny basically formulate a plan to take Sylvia out to the forest where she will die. Right. So like they realize that really? she's not going to make it. Um, they to, like, and they need to dump her somewhere. So, which again, isn't really smart because everyone knows where Sylvia lived. And if they find her dead body, they're coming to you first. But we never said Gertrude was smart. Right. And so, like, she. So, Sylvia actually tries to escape. She hears this and right. she tries to go, but she just doesn't have the, the ability. Her body is just so worn down. And so they take her to the kitchen and they try again, try to feed her. Mm-hmm. They try to, like, she again, she can't swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes to beat her again for right. not being, like, it's just all these things that happen. Um, and they try to, they bring her back down to the basement. There's crackers and, like, go, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it just irritates me to no end. Um, but the next day. On October 26th, after all this time of abuse, beatings, baths, she finally dies of a brain hemorrhage, shock, and malnutrition. She yeah. was 16 years old. Uh, and I... Uh, I don't know, man. I just can't... Uh, Gertrude's a monster, and I'm not even going to finish this. I'm done. So I... <laughs> Yeah, they they call the police they call and the police. The, they call the police and and she gives the police this letter, um, and like, girl, that's not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you to put your hands behind your back. Right. <laughs> like um, I just can't. She instructed the kids not to say anything. Um, and Jenny was like, "Fuck, nah, man." Jenny was like, "Look, Jenny I like, got hell the... no, bro." Jenny was Jenny was like, "I got some piping hot tea for you if and, you want it." Right, and she's Ooh. like, "Get me out of here, and I will tell you." everything and that was basically the end of gertrude she was unconvicted and put in jail <laughs> thanks d jeez that was that was perfect nothing to say <laughs> no so, they tried yeah. to they tried to do the guilty plea of insanity but like, yeah it wasn't gonna work at all but no so the kids right exactly so the youth involved the youth were also put on trial that's paula uh pachevsky i can't whose name i can never get right john um richard hobbs her riffraff and coy hubbard um, her daughter's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all claimed again that they were they were forced to do it, which I can I can see the the yeah. defense in that because yeah. what happens is that with this monster of what Gertrude was, you want to believe that these kids were forced. These kids weren't at their core also abusive. Um, but <clears throat> no, let me be sure. But on May 19th in 1966, Gertrude was convicted of first degree murder. Mm-hmm. Um, she was sentenced to life in prison. Uh, also, so was Paula. She was convicted of second degree murder, life in prison. Uh, Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard, uh, all got manslaughter and they were given from two to 21 years, um, in prison. And so, I mean. So this is why I don't want to talk about <laughs> this fucking ending right here because I cannot believe when I read this the first time, I was like, y'all are sick. So yeah. she goes to prison and she's up for parole. They fight it. 
They tried. I know Jenny was speaking on it, but she's released. I mean, I guess while in jail, she was like good behavior. She was like dead mother to the other prisoners. She finally found a nurturing soul in her body. I don't know how the. Well, a lot of people, it's it's real easy to find God and, you know, good conscience when you're locked behind bars, when you ain't got no rights anymore. So, Um, December 4th, 1985, they parole her. She's out on parole. Yeah, and she goes, and she moves to Iowa, and she goes back to, she goes by her middle name, Nadine, and her maiden name, Van Van Fossen, Um, because obviously she wants to, like, not be uh, recognized or, again, because God forbid someone treats you like the trash you are. Um, and then she eventually dies of lung cancer um, in 1990 at age 60. So she, I, I was not, sad to see that she even came into the 90s. You didn't have to go that far. She could have died in jail. Okay. But I would say <laughs> I'm not one of those people that wish death on anybody, oh, but like, I'm just one of those people so who, good. no, because I don't believe in that because the guy, like, I don't believe in, <laughs> I don't need karma and things coming from me. But yeah, so that, that's the end of Gertrude and it, I'm done. I but yeah, here we are. So a lot of these kids are still living, still yes. around. Some um, died. Like Richard jail. Hobbs died. A uh, lot of them did die. He, the cancer was a was a major thing. Diabetes took another one. Mm-hmm. A heart attack took uh Coy Hubbard mm-hmm. um in Indiana. I think that was 07. So there's a there like they I don't know, man. There's just so many things that happened here. Um I mean she I mean Paula, I mean Kudos to her. Escaped from prison a couple of times. Right. Now, <laughs> or tried to. She had a um, mother spirit. Yeah, like, but her daughter was adopted. Yeah, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just uh it's a whole mess, man. Gertrude. Benachevsky. How do you try to escape and then still get paroled? I don't get it. Whatever. I mean, you do what you got to do. <laughs> but here we are. That is Gertrude Penachevsky. whatever. What a rotten hell. I can't say Indianapolis, though. Oh, I said it. Because I don't care about Gertrude Vinachevsky anymore. (laughs) But that is the story of it. That's where we are. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Uh, (laughs) I'm tired. Like, after, like, I am tired. I'm late, too. I'm hungry. Like, I'm just. I'm cool. I need nourishment. I'm going to the gym. We'll I see. mean, you think. I don't believe you are, though. <laughs> I'm saying that as motivation to make you go. Um, if people were going to look for you somewhere on social media, where would they find you, D? I think they would find me on Instagram and Twitter, D underscore light for, if you know know how to spell it, you could like go back to the other episodes. And... Well, there's in the show notes. You don't have to go <laughs> Or <back>. that. <laughs> um, you can find me on social media. It's Instagram, Twitter, Charnel B. C H A R N E I L B. You can find the podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at What Did You Do Pod and on Facebook, facebook.com backslash What Did You Do Pod and on our website, www.whatdidyoudopodcast.com. Um, let's find us there. Join the What Did You Do crew on Facebook. Um, uh, sorry, I lost all my energy halfway through because I always feel like I could do this. Um, I'm in a very weirdly emotional spot in this this week, so I was like, I always feel like I could do these things, but I had my own issues with some of my own use this week mm, that were so very close to this, close and I was like, this. it's too late to change the case now, but I was like, uh, it's a mess. But thank you guys for listening. Mm. Um, again, subscribe, rate, and review, uh, and we look forward to seeing you guys very soon. If you guys did not read your emails, I sent emails out to people. Uh, about your Patreon rewards, please respond, or I'm just going to take that as a you don't care about me. Um, I mean, I know y'all want to see my face. 
So figure that out. But also, if you want to do, uh, if you want to be great and help support us through that way, there's a link in the show notes. Um, that's it. Uh, you know, keep your hands clean and take care of yourselves. I Love guess. y'all. Bye.